What's going on, everybody? I got to tell you, um, you got to wonder a little bit, what does happen if for some reason the Fed just keeps raising and raising and raising rates? Right now, the terminal rate is supposed to be somewhere around 5%. What happens if they go above 5 Do they break the system? Something to think about. We can talk about that a little bit. China trade war. Remember that? I know. Look at the date. It's 2023, but it sounds like a headline from 2018. But the China trade war might be on again. A little discussion there. And GDP came out in the euro area. Guess what? They narrowly avoided a recession. We'll talk about it in a little bit. In the meantime, there's all that and more. Welcome to the most dangerous show on the Tasty Live Network. It's Engineering to Trade. I'm Jamal Chandler. We all know that the Fed is coming up. That's what we're here for, right? Federal Reserve is in the middle of having a meeting right now. They're having tea and crumpets somewhere. And um, guess what? After a couple of days of just hanging out in a hotel, Jay Powell's going to come out and say what we all know is going to happen. 25 basis point rate hike. No surprises there because um, for the most part, We've been hiking rates to get rid of inflation. Remember, just a little little reminder here. We've been hiking rates because inflation was so high. Remember this summer when gas prices were 5 and $6 and uh, bread was like $5 and milk was 7 and just all kind of crazy prices that we saw. It was, it was tough to go out to eat because the prices were so ridiculous. Things have calmed down quite a bit since then. That's back when uh, we had 9% inflation. Don't worry. We only have seven now. Um, <laughs> so it's still high, right? But it's clear that inflation has been moderating. MPIs or CPIs or whatever it is, inflation has come down. And so as a result, it's starting to feel like we're in a situation where we don't think that we're going to need that many more rate hikes, right? Kind of feels like it. So that being the case, uh, what happens if for some reason they do a higher rate hike. Right now, we're expected to do 25 basis points tomorrow. We're probably going to do another 25 basis points in March. Theoretically, no rate hike is coming in May. But what happens if we do more? Well, that's one of the first questions we're going to talk about. Let's pull up some slides. See, for some reason, um, we don't stop at 5% rates. And you're wondering, well, if you're wondering, how did we get to 5%? Well, again, we're currently at 4.25 after tomorrow. 4.5. Take a look at all your, uh, your your credit cards. Take a look at your bank, uh, you know, and see what kind of what's going on with their CD rates. You know, a lot of these banks aren't getting close to where we are uh, with Fed funds rate. It's a big gap there. And they do that on purpose so that they can make money, right? They can go ahead and give you one rate and go ahead and hedge in the market at a different rate. And it's the craziest thing. But it's dope. That's how they continue to make money, in case you were wondering. Anyway, if for some reason we go higher than 5%, guess what? I think the first thing that's going to happen is that tech stocks, as we know, the playbook comes right back out. Tech stocks are not going to like it. Um, and the dollar is probably going to start to rise again, which is going to affect oil, among other things, many other commodities, right? The commodities were rocked once the dollar started doing its thing. Oil is going to get affected. Gold's going to get affected. And gold has been on this solid bull run recently. And it's going to really create some type of dislocation. Now, the most interesting thing so far, which we also get later this week, we also get jobs report, right? Jobs report has been one of those things that 
really hasn't moved as meaningful as some of the other metrics that we talked about. You know, when you talk about um, um, shipping rates have come down big time. We talked about all of these manufacturing indexes and whatnot. They haven't been, jobs report has actually not been as affected. I mean, the, the unemployment rate is still super low. So you wonder if we go higher, maybe they already know this. Maybe if they're like, if we go above six, if we go seven, you're talking about the kind of rates that you saw like in the 80s and whatnot, in the 90s, then maybe all of a sudden you start having this crisis in the job market. And so far, they're achieving what I thought that they would not be able to do. By keeping it at five and under, you, would, you could argue that they're achieving this soft landing thing that I really didn't think was going to be able to be possible. So I don't think we want rates to go above 5%. I'm certainly not cheering for that because I'll tell you right now, we're already seeing um, the housing market has really meaningfully changed. Houses were flying off the shelves a year and a half ago. Not anymore. Rates are too high. So there's all of these different things that are affected by rates, right? And obviously, since we're here to talk stocks, stocks are going to get killed if we go higher, 6 7%. I think it would be tougher than 2023. I don't think we really want to see that. Volatility would certainly rise once again. We'll be, we'd see VIX probably in the 30 range, probably, maybe. Depends on the manner in which we did it. If we go back to jumbo rate hikes from being where we are now, I think you'll definitely see a meaningful jump in volatility. So while we don't want to see that, it's interesting to know and plan for it. With the market doesn't seem to be worried about this concept, right? Look at where we are. Market's sitting around 4,100, and it doesn't seem as though, uh, you know, I don't feel as though there's any fear in the room at all. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Anyway, let me introduce all the people in the chat. Guys, what's going on? I'm, of course, talking to the people in the Tasty Live YouTube chat. You could also get in there yourself if you just go to YouTube and go to Tasty Live. You'll see me there. You'll see all these other people in the chat. I love it. People are typing all kinds of things. Evan's like, you guys eat? I did eat today. Actually, we had Fat Charlotte. Cool place. Great sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah. Love that spot. Um, you guys, you don't eat until the market closes? Seriously? Wow. That's, that's pretty interesting. Um, so the next thing is that uh, the U.S. halted new licenses uh, for exporting, exporting the... Um, a lot of uh, uh, selling licenses of American technology to Huawei. This is similar to some of the stuff that we were hearing before whenever, with regard to the China trade war. Chinese stocks have been affected by that. They've been on a bullish run over the last couple of weeks. And uh, since coming out of the, the Chinese Lunar New Year, we've seen that shift a little bit. Now, I think it was um, Baidu that was up yesterday, but they were only up on this news of potentially using a new chat uh, AI bot like we talked about in their search engine. But they're down today, and a lot of the other Chinese stocks have been down over the last couple of days off of this news. And I tell you, this is one of those things that makes you wonder again. Look, we need a kind of symbiotic—need is maybe strong, but we need a symbiotic relationship between us and China, right? They're, they're no We're number one as far as the largest economy. Um, they're number two. And we need that kind of relationship. And any, But there's always been this sort of— hesitation to share technology, right? I mean, let's just call it what it is. They think we spy on them. They, we feel they spy on us. And, you know, anybody who uses TikTok, you probably already know this. But it's, this is something that um, 
kind of you wonder if this is the beginning of of sort of going back to this China trade war thing that was actually you know now it's in the Biden administration now it's, it was happening under Trump in 2018, and this is one of those things where how much is this going to affect certain uh, tech stocks who do a lot of business over there? How much is this going to affect the a lot of the Chinese stocks uh, when it comes to that as well? So something I've been keeping an eye on for the time being, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see how much this materializes. Last but not least, your area narrowly avoids a recession thanks to the irish their gdp was just slightly um to the plus side and the euro seems to be liking it we've seen the euro been on a strong move over the last uh couple of months here and it's had a little bit of volatility to it too i actually haven't traded it or fxc the the, the etf proxy product but um you know similar to us they, they narrowly avoid a recession, at least for the time being, and it gives them some room to continue to raise rates a little bit. I think they're going to go with a 50 basis point hike at the, um, the ECB meeting coming up on Thursday. So something to keep an eye on. I'm sorry, um, for, for, of course, the, the, yeah, the ECB is coming up on Thursday. So, of course, something to keep an eye on on the long run. Are they going to avoid a recession just like we seemingly are? I don't know. I mean, we've avoided a technical recession, but in the meantime, it's still something on watch because we're looking at this job situation overall. All of this stuff somehow affects volatility, I guess. We'll look at some of this stuff and more in the platform. In the meantime, we got some leftovers. Amazon is dominating the home speaker market. Let's move to the next slide. Any of you, any of you out there have um, a, a, uh, one of these speakers? Any of these, these speakers at home? I'm curious. Let me know. Um, as I'm doing that mini poll, just in my head, just from a show of people on, uh, who, just from... People in the chat, I'm curious to let me know if you have a, have a speaker, but I also uh, have a poll up in the chat. If you had to buy and hold any one thing for the next six months, which would it be? And in here we got uh, the Qs, QQQ, 10-year bond at 3.5%, the VIX, or Carvana. Let me know on the, on the poll. Also, I'm curious to know... Um, it, uh, wait, what is this? HB says what? Jamal, if you look up a router's 2007 soft landing, you'll find an article in which the Dallas Fed says the exact same thing. Inflation slowing and economy growing. Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty, you know, I, I don't, I mean, these articles kind of write themselves. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm curious to know if any of you own any of these speakers. I actually don't have one in my home, but as you can see, Amazon Echo is dominating this market. 67% of people who they polled, I think it was about 2,000 people. So, yeah, perfect representation of the U.S. But 67% of people say that they own an Amazon Echo. 27% Google Home, 21% Apple HomePod, 16% Google Nest, and 10% Sony. Hmm. You know what I saw the other day? It was this commercial on. Commercials are getting really creative these days, if you haven't noticed especially if you watch a lot of the same things that kind of sort of hone in on you. Like if you watch sports, I'm telling you right now, you're usually probably hungry and they know that. So they're coming at you with Taco Bell. They're coming at you with the Jersey Mike's, that Danny DeVito commercial. Oh my God, that thing is on all the time if you watch sports. And last but not least, the BK. At BK, have it your way. That shit is on all the time, and honestly, it's really annoying. I have not succumbed to it yet. I did succumb to Jersey Mike's last week, and I'm not going to lie. And it wasn't as good as I, I remember. I'm not going to lie. It wasn't as good as I remember. Yeah, I don't have one of these. I'm not interested, but one commercial that—the reason why I was getting that, the commercial that I saw recently was about 
if what happens in the situation of your Wi-Fi going out? Say it goes out while you're out of town or something. Increasingly, more and more houses have a lot of different devices that are on the Wi-Fi. Now, while I do not have one of these, I mean, we have a ring, we have a Nest, we have all these different things that that adhere to uh, Wi-Fi. So, you know, I'm sure other people have more things. Your stove, your refrigerator, probably a fireplace. You know what I'm saying? Um, doesn't Amazon lose money on Echoes? Sure, they probably lose money selling them but they don't lose money because they get all the information from you in your house. They know exactly what to deliver to you. That's for another time. Let's move to the next slide. Yields, two-year yields, 10-year yields. Uh, you like that, right? Amazon is grabbing all kind of info from you. Don't sleep. So two years and 10 years are currently trading under the Fed funds rate as we speak, and it's been a while since we saw that. Looks like going back to, uh, well, I guess, yeah, 2019, basically. It's been a while since we've seen that. And uh, probably the obvious reason is the fact that right now we're expecting at some point to be a cut. Most people are kind of putting it, uh, well, of course, we're, we're expecting a pause in May. That's the, the new thing, right? There's a possibility that they, obviously, they're going to rate hike tomorrow, probably going to rate hike in March, and then probably not going to rate hike at the March meeting, uh, May meeting. Yeah. But, of course, that all depends on what data we see in between now and that time. Uh, we got a lot of things. We got more inflation reports. We got uh, more of the uh, jobs reports, you know, all of those things. If job reports show that we're starting to increase in jobs, I think they're going to hike because they don't want, that's too, too tight of a labor market. So in the meantime, we're starting to see a shift in yields to sort of say that maybe they're going to eventually stop hiking and or cut in the beginning of 2024 something to keep an eye on. Let's move ahead to the next slide. Volatility risk premium. Let me break it down so it can consistently be broke. A lot of us look at this type of chart and we look at the difference between forward volatility, which is the VIX, right? 30-day forward volatility, which, you know, most of the time VIX is, or all the time when you see that VIX number, it's annualized. Then we have historical volatility, um, so which is basically the movement in whatever stock you may be looking at. In this case, we're looking at SPY. So this is forward volatility for SPY and by in terms of VIX or SPX, forward volatility in terms of S&P 500 and historical volatility in terms of S&P 500. When this thing is in the negative, it's because SPX is moving a lot. So in June of last year, we were on market lows, very volatile times. We were moving a whole lot, right? Big moves, mostly to the downside. Uh, same thing in, in November of last year. When there's some angst in the market and we're expecting something, but it hasn't quite come yet, that's when VIX is outperforming the moves in the market um, in terms of historical volatility. And that's when you see this higher. So um, as we were getting rates and rates were going higher, and yes, the market was moving down, obviously, because uh, we were moving off of highs in January of 2022, we saw elevated VIX, right? That's where you saw this, this metric above five in the seven, eight, nine, ten 10 range. So those are the times. If you look where we are right now, not particularly inspiring in terms of ability to, to sell volatility. And so one of the things that people always talk about with the volatility risk premium, you're, you harvest volatility risk premium by selling vol. You, how much can you reap um, between forward volatility and historical volatility? That's what this volatility risk premium chart shows you, right? So right now, not a whole lot to sell. Let's look at, uh, move, move ahead of chart and... Um, 
Now we can see this thing sort of expanded out. I always say you can really gain a lot more from seeing widespread differences. So a lot of you will see this huge negative um, you know, bar on here and kind of be like, well, what happened there? Obviously, that was COVID. Those are the times where the market was moving really strongly, if you can remember, and I'm sure most of you do. Those are the times you see the market moving really big. And of course, historical volatility was way outpacing the VIX. At one point in time, the VIX was in the 70 range and historical volatility was like 110. So therefore, you get like a negative 30. So big, big moves. Um, of course, those are the times where you're like, you should be able to sell volatility big, and you could, and you you can, but you need the market to calm down to be able to harvest the volatility. Otherwise, unless you're choosing a directional situation, like in that case, if you just sold puts, well, that's more directional than just selling volatility. You're selling volatility and direction um, in that case, or you're choosing a direction and selling volatility, but it needs to work. If you just sold calls, well, maybe it worked for a little bit because the calls were so elevated, but then if you run the risk of the move going that much higher, of course, you get beat on it. So anyway, just looking at all of this, you can kind of see some of the things we've dealt with over the last couple of years. And I probably don't have everything, but you have COVID in there. You have the meme period where volatility was pretty elevated during that January of 2021, if you remember. You have Omicron in November of 2021. You have the rates situation we just talked about in March of last year and also uh, uh, May. You have market lows in June of last year, and then you have market lows in um, November last year as well. So this is just a look at volatility risk premium to look at the difference between expected volatility and historical volatility and where you can look at times to possibly sell vol. It's really nice when this thing is above eight to 10, you have really good chances of being able to sell vol. Right now, it's just you can do it, you know, and select things, but it's not as many opportunities. And that's kind of what this tells you. How many different opportunities lie to sell vol and the S&P 500 and the whole complex? Let's move ahead. So, so far in 2023, it's almost like looking at a mirror image of uh, sectors, right? Com services last year was down big. Um, that's the one that has, uh, I believe, uh, Google and, and a bunch of others, but com services was down big, consumer discretionary down big, tech, of course, was down, um, real estate was down. Energy was up, industrials were up, consumer staples were up, healthcare, utilities, right? Boom, just about everything has flipped on its head so far this year. Materials are, are, and uh, financials are basically equivalent as, as they're kind of, the, I guess you could call those two the stalwarts over these last two years, you could say. But um, the everything else has kind of flipped on its head so far. It's only been one month. Usually you don't necessarily always see this, see such a big start change in the year before. We'll see how much this continues throughout the rest of the year. It's something I'll be keeping an eye on. But yeah, it's kind of interesting, right? So far, it's been somewhat of a mirror image, and you wonder how long it's going to stay up. Of course, the tech piece, um, probably consumer discretionary piece, all depends on rates, right, to some degree. I guess energy does too. Um, so that also will be determinant. Obviously, you know, financials has always been dependent upon rates as well. Just didn't seem to materialize as much as we thought last year. I thought for sure. When we started to raise rates, financials would have taken off, and I think most of us did, and it just hasn't quite worked out that way. And I think they need to stabilize for the financials and the banks, et cetera, to be able to reap the benefits of the environment. We'll have to wait and see. Let's move ahead to the next slide. Now, take this with a grain of salt. I'm not saying to go out and do this. I'm just saying. I'm just pointing out something I noticed. Cool chart. 
Buying calls ahead of earnings has yielded a 29% return on premium quarter to date. Um, uh, how do you look at this? Well, this is over time. If you, this is like a universe of liquid stocks and options. If you buy calls five days prior to earnings and you sell one day after, it's yielded uh, a 29% return. Now, you know, of course, you'd have to do this across spread across a bunch of different things. Uh, but it seems that some names have sort of drifted higher after earnings somehow. Uh, it's been interesting. Uh, even a couple of these today. I mean, Exxon was down ahead of earnings and it drifted higher. UPS came in up higher. Whirlpool was down, I think, or not as high as this, drifted higher throughout the day. Caterpillar, eh, no, that didn't work there. Same thing with McDonald's. So, you know, it's it's uh, uh, and that's just a couple of names that I looked at from last night. But there's been plenty of situations, I guess, where this has sort of worked. And it's above the long-term average of like 12%. So 29% is where it is right now. So I just thought it was interesting. It does seem as though, you know, we're in this environment where everybody's saying that earnings are going to be pretty terrible. And some of them haven't been that great. And yet many of this has been about a 60%, 65% or so situation where a lot of these names have beat on earnings. It's lower than the historical average, but still, it's kind of interesting to see a chart like this. And um, it kind of makes you wonder how often you could do a strat like that. I promise you, there's people out there who probably do that strat. They probably go through and they get a litany of different things and they sort of buy. Just like we are often looking to sell a lot of things, they're often looking to just do one thing. Some of the more successful traders that I ever knew at firms pretty much did the same thing all the time, and they didn't really have this sort of conscious about it. They didn't really lose sleep over it. I knew this one guy, anytime there was a name, there used to be, especially in, in certain time periods, there's usually this, there's rumors about takeovers, right? I knew a guy, every time there was a takeover rumor, he'd go out and buy some upside calls, every single time. And he just, you know, chalked it up to the game. I'm paying $200 in premium or, or $300 in premium. I'm willing to lose every time. And sometimes that two to 300 may turn into 2,000 and 3,000 in premium and I can close it. But, you know, if you lose on 10 of those, you hit on one, you break even. It's an, it's not necessarily a fun existence, I would say, but some people subscribe to that theory. Who knows? Let's move ahead to the last slide here. Earnings, we got AMD, Amgen, Ashland, Chubb, uh, Railroad in there, CP, you got EA, um, Activision. Are they ever going to go through that deal? Probably not with Microsoft, right? Hmm. EA, EA. God, you know, it's so, it's so interesting. I mean, I'm, I used to be a huge gamer guy, and I really don't play many games anymore. I have been thinking about getting the PS5, though. I mean, just because, you know, why not? I feel like my oldest, like, my, I completely got my oldest son into video games. He's all into it. My youngest son, not so much. He does his own thing. He's all into the Roblox, you know what I mean? Like, Roblox has a whole legion of kids. It's just crazy. When that thing goes down someday and it doesn't work, they're going to be sad. Um... Match, Mondelez. The only reason I have Match up here is because it's a, it's a $50 stock. I didn't realize that. I don't know how long it's been that. I guess it was higher. I don't remember. I say that because I only look at, I only care about certain names with a certain level of, um, of, of market cap and, and stock size so that you have the ability to trade a decent amount of options in it. You have the ability to trade a decent amount of strikes. That's all I really care about. I'm not really interested in many of the low-dollar stock names. Mondelez, Snap, of course. We all know that whatever Snap says, especially with regard to the advertising market, is probably going to have an effect on Meta and Google. 
So we got to listen out for that. WDC, which I feel like, um, yeah, that stock has been on the run recently. WC has earnings. Humana. Uh, and, of course, we have uh, Peloton. Nobody's talked about that stock much recently, right? That stock has been fairly quiet in the realm of, uh, of, of just sort of the zeitgeist of the market. Nobody's really talked about it much recently. So maybe, who knows, maybe it, it has some positivity to it. I don't know. I have no idea. I wouldn't bet on it, though. FOMC, of course, is coming out tomorrow after the close. Remember, it's not the first move. It's the second move that really means something. And the second move might not come until Thursday. You know, who knows? Bank of, speaking of Thursday, we got uh, the Bank of England and European Central Bank going to do their rate decisions. I think it's expected they're going to do 50 basis points. They need a little bit more help. Non-farm payrolls coming out on Friday as well. We'll get to hear what happens. I imagine, I imagine the number should be a little lower than last time as far as uh, the amount of people that are employed. It doesn't seem like we're going to come off the uh, lows of the unemployment rate, but what the hell do I know? Number of S&P 500 stocks above the 50-day moving average, 364. That's good for 72%, right? Uh, and I think that's par for the course when you figure we're hanging out around 4,100 in the market um, right now. 4,100 is the new 4,500. I don't even know what that means. Let's go to the platform. There you go. Vol structure, bam, 30 right now. Doesn't really mean much. It's not really vol right now, in my opinion. It's basically put call parity at this point. And for January 31 options, end of January, man, came really fast, right? It's really interesting that how fast we got to the end of January. 31 vol, of course, uh, for for Wednesday after the, the whole situation. And uh, 28% between the Fed and the jobs report for Thursday, February 2nd, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. I haven't watched that movie in a while. You guys like that movie? Oh, man, one of my favorites, man. I quote that movie. My wife won't even watch it with me because I just, like, quote it the whole time. I was so into that movie when it first came out because that concept was always unique to me. What would you do if you had the ability to have the same day over and over again? And he did majority of the stuff that I would do. Rob a bank? There's no consequences. What's the big deal? Um, yeah, guys, I really haven't I haven't traded anything today. Got on some of my stuff from yesterday. Um, real quick here before we end the show out, let me tell you what I did. I had that, uh, we talked about this yesterday, I had an upside call that I was short in, in W, I was short the 80 call, closed that out yesterday. Also had a meta upside call that I was short. I, didn't ex I was short the 175, I didn't expect this thing to come in too much. Obviously with earnings being here and it's gonna be bid to the upside, bid to the downside as well overall, the whole complex is gonna be bid, right? Um, because it's earnings, I mean, um, even though, I mean, this March capsulates earnings. It's not it's not Feb, but still, it has earnings coming up. So I didn't really want to be short this heading into earnings. Even if it is the 175, I decided to get out. Um, and then I, uh, what else did I do? I, oh, yeah, I did uh, three earnings plays, non-traditional UPS call spread, worked out. Um, two more, that did not. McDonald's, yeah, that sucks. And uh, what else did I do? Um, uh, Caterpillar. I thought for sure both of these guys would have, you know, some decent earnings, would not be destroyed, but they did. And you win some and you lose some. I won one, I lost two. It happens. As far as tonight, I'm not playing any earnings. Um, 
AMD is the main one. I guess I could look at it, but I haven't. If I do, you'll see it pop up in the trader page. For now, that's all I got, guys. Thanks for watching this show. And as always, be smart, be patient, trade small, trade often. Be careful out there. Fed day coming up. Peace. The content of this podcast is provided solely by Tasty Trade Inc. and are not the direct views or opinions of any of its affiliate companies. This content is for informational and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, a research report, trading or investment advice, or a recommendation that any investment strategy, security, or futures product is suitable for any person. You are responsible for making your own investment decisions in light of your individual investment knowledge, objectives, and financial situation. Applicable supporting documentation for any claims, including claims made on behalf of options programs, comparison, recommendations, statistics, or other technical data will be supplied upon request. Tasty Trade Inc. is not a licensed financial advisor, registered investment advisor, or registered broker-dealer.